Thanks for listening to Rama for Today. So he, in this 10-day period that they give him to live, instead of growing worse and worse and worse and finally dying, he kept getting better every day, getting better every day, getting better every day, and getting better every day, getting better every day. And they said, well, we don't understand. After the 10 days he didn't die, they started running tests on his liver. And they said, well, we don't understand it. It was operating, you know, functioning about 10%. It's up functioning now about uh, 60%. And then they'd run tests every day or two. And it was 70%. It was 80%. It was 90%. Finally, it's functioning normally. And they began then to run other tests on him. We couldn't find a trace of it. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Today you'll hear more from Kenneth E. Hagan on his teaching, How to Increase Your Spiritual Effectiveness, on Rama for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. And if you'll read on through, they, they had that, that utter fearlessness and boldness, even in the face of great opposition and persecution. And so when that boldness is lost, and when that holy fearlessness is lost, then, then we become fearful to act upon God's word. And you won't hear people say then, when they lose that, you won't hear them say, I can do all things in him today. Hallelujah. And yet that's what the Bible said. Paul said, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. You try to help people with that sometimes, Christian people, and they would say, uh, I've had them to say to me, well, yeah, but Paul was an apostle. Well, he didn't say I can do all things because of Paul. He said because he's in Christ. Paul wasn't in Christ anymore and you were in Christ. Christ didn't belong to Paul anymore than he belongs to you. Paul wasn't any more of a Christian than you were a Christian. There are not any people that's more Christian or less Christian than somebody else. Did you hear me? I said, he had a call of God, an apostle, a missionary to the Gentiles, but that didn't make him more saved or less saved. That didn't make him more of a Christian or less Christian. That didn't make him more in Christ than anybody else is in Christ. Are you listening to me? See, see, we get our minds over here in the sense realm, over in the human reasoning realm, on these things that really hinder us. But blessed be God, when you get into the word of God for yourself begin to study God's word, you can absolutely be fearless. Hallelujah. And you can say, I can do all things in him today, bless God, and tomorrow and every other day. No, when the spiritual initiative in one's life is low, you will never hear one say, greater is he that's in me than the forces that surround me. I know... uh, you know, that's First John 4, 4. It said, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Well, that's the forces that surround you, aren't they? I don't know. It just helps me to say it that way. I said, that just helps me to say it that way. Praise God. I always, for, for years, practiced this. And no matter what I faced, and you face a lot of things, and from the natural standpoint, you feel so inadequate but we're not going by our natural abilities. But I found that it helped me greatly, praise God, to ahead of time, before I came up on the situation, so to speak. I knew it's coming. 
Just to make my confession, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. The greater one's in me. Hallelujah. And just lean on him, trust in him. And it's amazing then how quickly you can get through some hard places. Praise the Lord. Because you're just, you're just sort of leaning back on him. And he's greater than any force you face. And he's greater than any power you face. And he's greater than any test you face. And he's greater than any enemy that you face. And he's greater than demons. And he's greater than sickness. And he's greater than disease. I think about uh, we folks who believe in divine healing. You know, have to encourage one another almost to believe. To act on God's word. Uh, but I was reading the testimony of a of a, several years ago of an admiral in the navy, and and the testimony was uh, was sworn to by the secretary of navy as being truth. You see, here this man they discovered. You see that he had cancer, and his his liver is uh, just about eaten up. It's about gone. It's only functioned about ten uh, percent. And you can't live. I mean, he just, well, they just actually in the government hospital put him in the ward where all the terminal cases are. And he said the, 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 the atmosphere was so in there of fear and death was so dense that it seemed like if he had had a knife, he could just cut a chunk of it out. The very atmosphere, you see, is dense, filled with fear, filled with death. Just hang over it, you know, like a cloud. And so they told him, said, now you've got about 10 days at the most to live. If you haven't made a will, you need to make a will. You need to get his wife. And so his wife, they called her and she came. Because he's in the hospital one place, she's another place. But he said, I lay there that night. There's a man, grown man, you see, on, on a bed beside me. There's a ward, you see. And, uh, and talking to him and, and that fellow, you know, he had terminal cancer also. In the nighttime, I heard him crying. But he said, I said, first of all, to myself, well, you know, I, uh, I'm not in fellowship with God, but I knew God when I was a kid. Went to a denominational church, but he said, I knew God. When I was 13 years old, I made a commitment to God. I was born again. But then he backslid all these years, never walked in the light of what he knew. So he said, the first thing I did was get back in fellowship with God. And I knew he took me back. I had peace on the inside of me. He never heard anybody ever say anything about divine healing because he hadn't even been in church for years. But he said, God, there's not anything too hard for you. And I know this much, that you're, you're, you're greater and bigger than this cancer. <laughs> it's just easy for you to heal this cancer as it would be to heal a headache. And I just don't believe that it's the will of God, it's your will, for me to be cut off here in the midlife, so to speak. I, I, I can't believe that. And I'm just going to pray and ask you to heal me. That's a very simple matter for you. And I just thank you for it. Just, just very, he said, just a very dry prayer, very, but very sincere. Well, his wife came, she fell down, started you know, by the bed to cry. And he said, there's no he's crying. I'm not going to die. 
Well, yeah, but now the doctor, well, he said, I don't care what the doctor said. So he, in this 10-day period that they gave him to live, instead of growing worse and worse and worse and finally dying, he kept getting better every day, getting better every day, getting better every day, and getting better every day, getting better every day. And they said, well, we don't understand. After the 10 days he didn't die, they started running tests on his liver. And they said, well, we don't understand it. It was operating, you know, functioning at about 10%. It's up functioning now about uh, 60%. And then they'd run tests every day or two. And it was 70%. It was 80%. It was 90%. Finally, it's functioning normally. And they began then to run other tests on him. He couldn't find a trace of it. It had all disappeared. He not only had cancer in the liver, you know, but spleen, I don't know, several other places in his body. They'd all, it all disappeared. Had some, had, had some malignant tumors, and they'd all disappeared. Well, their, their, their story was that it went into remission. We don't understand why it did, but it did. If it doesn't come back, if it doesn't break out somewhere else in two years, well, you're home free. Two years afterwards, while well, he is home free. Praise God, couldn't find a trace of it. But I thought about the faith of that man. The initiative of that man. Having never had any teaching, having never heard anybody say anything about anything like that. But you know, his thinking was right. God's greater. Hallelujah. God's greater. That was his thought. You're greater. You're bigger than this cancer. You're greater. Well, thank God. He didn't know about what the Bible said. I guess he found out about it later. But we know that that greater one's on the inside of us. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So we can say greater is he that's in us than the forces that are around about us. I don't care what there may be facing us. He's greater and he's in me. Well, what's he doing in me? I've asked that question for many years. If he, is he just excess baggage for me to carry through life? Just another burden for me to bear. No, he's in there to help me. And you know what I've found out? I've discovered. You see, when I make that initiative in prayer, praise God and, and will not lose that initiative in boldness, in those hard places, and they come, they're going to come. I found out every single time he rises up in me. I wish I knew how to describe it. It's sort of like the old Scotsman said, it's better felt than telt. <laughs> but from somewhere way down in here, he rises up in me. I can feel him. And he gives illumination to my mind, direction to my spirit. Hallelujah to Jesus. And you experience that a few times. You're almost, instead of, instead of grumbling and a fussing about a hard place, you're almost out looking for one. Amen. Because there's no opportunity to put him to work out here when things are lovely. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. 
We have a wonderful offer this month um, that will help you to listen to the voice of God. It's four CDs by your dad called How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God. God, He explains it so simply that anybody can can understand it. Yes. And then my, my little book, called How to Make the Dream God Give You Come True. Mm-hmm. This is a message that I preached back in 1980 That's right. at a conference. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think I've really ever preached it again. I may have preached parts of it. But it, 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 this explains and, and talks to people about, like, you know, Joseph was a dreamer. Mm-hmm. And... See, and God give him dreams. Dare to believe in your dream. And then I talk about 13 boys with a vision. That was our track team. Yes. And then I talk about the church's vision to the world. I give a word to ministers. And I talk about quit comparing. Don't compare yourself to somebody else. You are an individually child of God made for what God wants you to do. Yes. And don't don't look at somebody else and say, Well, I'm not I'm not doing what they're doing or I'm not being able to accomplish as much as they're accomplishing. That's what God wants them. God got you where he is. Anyway, how to make the dream God gives you come true. And that's for a gift of twenty two dollars or more. Good. A good savings. Call toll free one eight 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 Faith ninety nine. Again, call toll free. 1-888-FAITH-99 You can also order online at rhema.org That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G rhema.org Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries our address is P.O. Box 50126 Tulsa, Oklahoma 74150 We always love to hear from our listeners so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we'll continue Kenneth E. Hagen's life-changing teaching. That's next time on Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagen.